Hello, good people, and welcome to this week's episode of the Brunswick Beer Collective. This is episode 11 of season 8, which seems way more extreme than it should be. Um, but that could that could well be right, I suppose. Exactly. I didn't do the math on I it. I thought it was episode 9. I thought it was episode 9 as well, but I wasn't going <laughs> to show him up live, except we just did. Yeah, well, I could be wrong. So, we are... Obviously, we're, um, I'm Chris Shorten, with me is Jeffrey Chi. Evening. And with me is Paul Christoph. Good evening. And this is really, 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 really special because we have on Skype, and we've just learned how terrible our my knowledge of technology is, we have Greg <laughs> from Untapped. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you? Oh. <laughs> well, well, thank you. How are you? Good. Sure. Very good. Very good. I guess the one thing that we should flag for a start is the simple fact that... Um, you know, we've been we've been um, checking in on untapped things for I don't know how many years. Like for, since the start of this thing, we've been reading out untapped reviews, and we've always said, "Yes, we need to get someone from untapped, uh, un- untapped on." And we were kind of stoked when you got in touch with us on Twitter. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I had heard about your show from one of our moderators. Uh, he had he's from Australia, moved from the UK over there, um, and he had noted that you guys were talking about our search engine and things like that <laughs> last time. So uh, he he pointed out the the clip to me, and I listened to it, and I said, you know what, I'd love to kind of be part of this, this conversation to talk about a little bit about what we do and uh, why the search operates the way it does. Um, so I figured I'd reach out, and that's kind of where we are today. And God, it's um, it's just. Look, it, it's just crazy, and we kind of don't know where to start. But I, th- before we go into the search thing, because I feel like Untapped is one of these weird, strange worlds. That, <laughs> you know, it, we, we uh, for a while there, we weren't sure whether there was anyone, you know, actually behind all this, that whether they actually existed at all. Um, we it's just the Wizard assumed. of Oz effect. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Peanut Man is entered to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so tell us about you know Untapped. Sure. Yeah, so Untapped started in October of 2010. Um, so we're actually going on our seventh year, which is unbelievable in my mind. The idea started back in the summer of that same year of 2010. Uh, my co-founder and I, Tim, who lives in California and I live in New York, uh, basically we're really big into Foursquare. Foursquare was our kind of like um, you know jumping, jumping ship, as you could say, um, to where Untapped is today. We love being able to check into places we felt that the check-in itself was lacking something. So we were going to a grocery store. No one really cares about that. We went to a bar. Uh, we wanted to know what kind of things you did there. What beer did you have? What flu did you have? And we thought about industries that were inherently social. But one thing what we do is that we are real-time. So you're checking in in real-time, um, sharing with friends and things like that. Um, so that's kind of where Untapped was started. Uh, beer drinking is very social. Um, you deal with your friends all the time when you're out. And we wanted to create that same experience in an online version of that. And that's kind of where Untapped was born. So the idea of connecting people all around the world, being able to drink together, uh, drink socially, which is our tagline, uh, that's kind of where it all started and began. Uh, and. And of course, like most side projects, you know, I'm guessing it just started as you two throwing it out there, seeing what would happen. Yeah, so uh, you know, Tim and I actually met over Twitter. Believe it or not, it's a crazy story. <laughs> I tweeted out about, I would say, uh, uh, I would say almost ten, almost ten years ago now. I tweeted out looking for a designer for a Twitter clone that I was building a long time ago, and he responded. And we've known each other for almost nine years now, and I've seen him in person probably eight times. So we do, <laughs> we know each other like well. 
to, but not be able to see each other because of the timing and things of that nature. So um, it's been pretty crazy from that perspective. But I will tell you this when Untap first, uh, when uh, we thought of the idea and Tim came up with the name, um, I remember telling him, I said, I don't think anyone's going to use this product. Maybe our close friends and family. But uh, in 2010, I, I never thought anybody would actually want to check in their beer. I mean, that's kind of a new thing uh, at that particular time. People were rating and reviewing it on sites, but not in real time. So the, the concept of actually telling people you're drinking a beer where you're drinking it, I didn't really know how people were actually happy percent wrong as we approached our seventh anniversary this year. So it's been pretty crazy. It is really crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I mean, I'm looking at um, Jeff and Paul here, but you guys have been on Untapped way longer than I have. October 6, 2013. And I think mine was September 9, 2012 or September 7, something like that. Right. And, I mean, you've seen it evolve from whatever. I mean, how did you guys get onto it? Um, Jeff told me. <laughs> and I think I, I was, so I was out with um, Not So Special's guest Ben one day and we were just talking to a guy in the bar and he's we drinking beers and he was, um, we saw this guy using this app and was like, what are you doing? And he explained it to us and went, that is awesome. How have we never heard of this before? This is ridiculous. And so... We downloaded it immediately and just got straight <laughs> on it. And I think, Paul, your, your reaction was the same. So how have yeah, I never heard I of this thing? I don't know this. We'd just come back from a beer festival, my friend and I, and we were devastated that we didn't know it before the beer festival. It's like, oh, there's, yeah. there's check-ins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's kind of that's kind of how Untapped actually, you know, got to where it is. I mean, we we really are, are uh, big into the, the grassroots. Uh, took a different approach than most other apps out there, where they do a lot of like paid advertising and try to get the word out. We wanted to create this community of people. The, the beer community is so valuable and and, and so um, enriched and passionate about the things they do. We wanted to let them have a great experience to tell ten of their friends and not tell ten of their friends and those type of things. So we're really focused from the day one on users on Untapped. A lot of other apps will probably focus on monetization or trying to make money or push ads in your face or things of the. We from you know, the day I die or this company or whatever is that I'm always going to focus on the users as number one priority for us. So that's kind of what we've really focused on making that good experience that will end up uh, having people know more about it by telling their friends and things of that nature. And I think that makes sense. Hell, I mean, that's how these two started it. That's how I joined it. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking yeah. If you, if, <laughs> if you have a great experience and you have a great uh, uh, way of doing something, you're going to tell your friends about it. And that's kind of the way that we look, looked at it. If we can get very happy uh, and their friends about it. Oh, go to a restaurant, you have a bad experience. The first thing you're going to say is, hey, don't ever go there, guys. And that's not what we want to do with Untap. I mean, it's it's quite interesting. I mean, you guys have really fundamentally changed the way that people interact around beer as well. Like forevermore, when you come and come back to the round beers, there's this three minutes of silence where everyone's like <laughs> tapping on the phone after the beer has been ported. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I guess, the um, uh, a bad thing. In fact, we, we never met disrupting uh, beer. We still want people to engage with each other. Um, you know, I, I do the same thing where, you know, we're at, um, I went to a brewery this past weekend uh, with my neighbors, and uh, there's like a, a, we'll be talking and we get our beers, and there's like a like a 30 second null of no one talking at all. And on their phone, checking in beers, my wife's doing it, and my neighbor's doing it. And then we just pick up the conversation again. But, you know, ultimately, that's just the nature of, of social apps, things of that nature. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, uh, it's really cool to see that. Uh, 
triples is very complicated and hard to do when you have a two ounce pour and you have to you want to check in all of your beers all at the same time so uh, it's pretty cool to see that in action yeah and i think it makes you in many ways think about think about what you're going to say about a beer because a lot of time you'll drink the beer and you'll be okay yeah this is what i think about it and we'll right. move on but now you, you're like, okay, I'm actually putting this down into an app. Like other people are going to see this, so I really got to you know, have a few more sips and really think about why I'm going to give it a rating. And yeah, it's um, you're more considered about the way you drink now, I suppose. Yeah, some dudes are going to pick it up and read yeah, it on a podcast the, and yeah, be embarrassed. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I think the idea there is that we wanted to kind of create this environment where you didn't feel that you had to go too in depth on a review. Well, these pretty characters have that uh, is one to make a short bite-sized review of things that uh, um, uh, that, that were important, but not as you know detailed as some other rating sites out there that require you to do more longer form reviews. We want to have a short bite-sized people can ingest a lot better. A lot of people ask us why we have only a five-star rating system as opposed to a hundred-point uh, rating system, or even having a, a point a point one uh, rating star uh, as opposed to a, a quarter star. What we have right now. Know, general to use the app uh, like this it's simple understanding they can type 140 characters they can put what they think about the beer they can rate it one to five we found that people actually have a hard time understanding the difference between 99 and 98 and that's understood understandable <laughs> i mean it's, it's very hard to understand the difference between those two things but one to five you can easily understand what that is yeah i think i mean we were pretty happy when the uh, point two star point two five stars came in i've got to admit yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we, we started with we actually, you know, the, the the trivia point here is that when Untapped started back in 2010, for about a year we didn't even have ratings. It was just check-ins on Untapped, and there was no rating whatsoever. Yes, uh, and there was no photos either. So it was just a check-in on the early part of Untapped. Uh, uh, so uh, we added a little, little apps. Then we added half star ratings a little bit later down the road, and then we added quarter star ratings down the road. And that's pretty much uh, well, probably we'll stop in terms of uh, you know tweaking that system. I feel like 0.25 is a really good value to kind of say, hey, this is a good good point, um, and that's probably where we'll, we'll end up. I, I agree. I think there's a there were a lot of times when it was only the half star rating, but we we're like, wish there was a 0.25. We really need that, but it's been maybe two or three times since the 0.25 come in that we've actually said, oh, well, I wish there was a smaller yeah. increment. Mm. But Agreed. I, I feel like the, the, the more uh, uh, the more spend rate, but at the same time, uh, you find yourself trying to figure out, is this really a 3.1 or a 3.2? And you really don't know. It, for, from a general public perspective, it's really hard for people to understand that. So that's kind of want to keep it simple from that perspective. Well, of course, we drink like sailors and, you know, we don't understand it from that perspective either. <laughs> I, I don't know. We are <laughs> definitely not the general public for worse or for better. Yeah, and, like everyone, and also it's complicated by everyone benchmarks things different. So, you know, we've got the Christoph scale that we yeah, by default adopted and then 3.5 means would drink again. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Yep. Um, Regular guest Gareth pitches probably that at a two point five or something, if based on what he rates some things on there. Yeah. You know, yeah. So what? One obvious question, I suppose, is you know, everybody has their own style. Uh, I, I was just going to ask, um, where do the badges come from? 
Yeah, the, the, the badges came from Foursquare, to believe it or not, because Foursquare had badges back in the old days, believe it or not. So we use kind of their 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 mantra of, of the badges. But um, the reality is that, that we started off with 25 core badges when we first launched on the service. And they were all, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're the first 25 that you're page it's the um um the, the the beer level badges like the uber badge and things of that nature um uh, but they were all relatively easy there were one check-in to earn the badge so when we first launched everybody earned the badges within one like one day of use um uh, so we're like we gotta change this <laughs> this is not really working so we you know we, we we made it a little bit harder but at the same time still made it fun and engaging and then from there it's it's taken a mind of its own i mean badges are 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 a majority of why people we use to serve from from a lot of different perspectives and they just love to keep new all over the place um so that's kind of how they all started from that perspective because on, on the badges i guess one of the things that we always wondered is you know you've you've got those badges that they started at level 10 and then they got increased to level 50 and i think mm-hmm. the ones where that happened they kind of retrospectively recognized what happened in between but when a new badge got created say we added you know uh the barley wine badge or something, out. it wouldn't retrospectively go back and figure out how many barley wines you had before the badge got created. Is that was that that's obviously deliberate, but just wondering what the reasoning was there. Yeah, so it's a every time we release a new badge, we get hated on by pretty much everybody when it comes to the retroactiveness. <laughs> of the badge. I, I feel like if if I I get asked this question almost daily from everybody on Twitter and stuff. So I'll give it to you straight. The reason why we do Number one, badges are retroactive, but they're retroactive to the date that they're created. So when a badge changes from level from a non-level to a level badge, the date created is retroactive. So you actually earn whatever level you got based on when the badge was created. So when a badge changes, for example, goes from level one or a non-level badge to a level badge, its date of when it creates it stays the same. Uh, when new badges get created, Created, you know, you want to go out there and try your old favorites again. We also want you to be engaged with the application. We don't want you to go from zero to level fifty on one check-in because it kind of defeats the purpose of the badge. It's not as fun or anything of that nature anymore. Uh, it's kind of like when you go buy a sofa at your favorite furniture store, and then two years down the road it goes on sale. You're not going to return your sofa and ask for money back because that's just <laughs> kind of silly. So, um, you know, our perspective is that we want to give you an opportunity opportunity to retry their old favorites and go out there and discover beer and less we want them to earn the badge and be excited about it we don't want it to be the forefront of everything you do so you check in a beer and you go from zero to 50 that experience of earning has gone away uh you know you don't have nothing to gain out of that you've already gone to the top level and that's that i think for for new for new users it it affects uh them less because they don't actually have that history uh, of what they've had in the past uh, but for older people that are on the service more often, that's where it gets kind of annoying. I definitely understand where you're coming from. The common questions we get are like, I just came back from France and you just put a, a France badge out there and now I have to try the France beer. But I think, you know, from that perspective, I don't want to say too much, but we're thinking about potential ways of getting this to work on both avenues. We took a, recently did a, a poll of users uh, of what people thought about the badge system and retroactiveness. Um, and we, we have some really... Um, right now, unfortunately, um, but relatively soon we're going to be able to to, to uh, publicly announce what we're going to do to make this a better experience for other people. So we've definitely taken into effect. We know that people like to have retroactive value. And people 
we're going to make this experience better based on this results on the survey that we're having. So um, long-winded answer to your question there, so I do apologize. But uh, there is reasons why we do that uh, to help kind of facilitate more app usage and facilitate more discovery. Uh, but we will be kind of addressing this uh, relatively soon. Um, that's all I really can say about that, unfortunately. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really good answer. And, and you know, whilst it's something we've, we're kind of jokingly sort of, you know, get annoyed about it. But, I, yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. And it's it's a good problem to have having to rehab beers that you liked. And it's yep. not actually a problem. Yeah, yeah. If that's the primary reason yeah, for, most um, people for a drink, then mm. need to reassess things. <laughs> yeah. Most people actually, when, they, when, I, when they're really vocal, so they'll, they'll really they'll hit me on Twitter and they'll say, Greg, I hate you. You, you know, you, I want to earn this badge and now I can't because you've changed this whole system. And I, I get on the phone with them and I, I'll talk to them for, for exactly from point blank when I told you. And their reaction is always like, oh, you're kind of right. And so, you know, I, I think, you know frustrated because you really want to earn these badges but you think about it you can earn these badges and they're completely optional so you don't if, if it's really frustrating for you that you don't want to that you don't want to check in the same beard over and over again you can just not earn the badge you just don't have to do it you the way you want to use it so that's kind of the direction that we kind of go in is that um you know we know badges are really fun and engaging we want to keep them engaging and we find that we can't do that if they automatically level up to whatever level you previously had however i will say that um you know like i, like I mentioned earlier we are addressing this problem head on we had a, a big survey that we put out about users about how they feel about these badges and how they feel about retroactiveness of it and pretty soon, that I think will be really awesome for both sides of the equation. Um, and I wish I could say what it is, but I got to leave some suspense right now. Well, let us know when it happens. Um, we will. I will definitely do. So I was thinking on the staying on the topic of badges, but um, one of the things that I've always wondered is: do people approach Untapped, or is there a process to create a badge? Because I've noticed in Australia there aren't that many one-off badges but whenever we're over in the states there's you know this week is happening or this city's doing something or there's this festival here and there's loads of badges so is that up to the people organizing a one-off event or a festival to approach untapped and go through the system to create a special badge yeah so that's another question we get asked a lot is you know why do you have so many u.s centric badges and not a lot of international badges uh and they are a sponsored uh piece of untapped so um you know people will come to us and say hey i'd like to to sponsor a badge on untapped for uh i'm a brewery and i want to sponsor for the beer that i make or uh we have a beer week coming up and we want to sponsor a beer week related badge so those are all uh based on sponsorships from uh, um, different organizations that to us and say like we can't accommodate a badge for every single situation so no, no. a lot of people come to us and say i'd like to do a badge for for a beer on a single day while standing on your left foot um but you know i think that uh, those situations are, are are far and few between but i think that's kind of how they, they that's why they're, they're listed in the special section on the app because they're uh sponsored per se uh when it comes to those type of things so we love to work with anyone uh love to work with a lot of people that um uh, want to sponsor badges so um if anyone's listening right now uh, about this, uh, contact <laughs> us and we'll have to work with you. <laughs> Very we, cool. We shall pass that information on. So <laughs> I suppose the big question we need to ask is, how does the search function work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, so let's get the nitty gritty out of this. So, uh, <laughs> so the, the search the search application works in, in, in two ways. Number one, we found that that the most common way people search for beers, and you have to understand too, is that. There's not many times in your life as an engineer that you develop an application that's used by primarily drunk people. So you have to really <laughs> – it's a very interesting problem to have, uh, uh, and you have to be really uh, precise with search. So what we do is we um, we have two ways of, of dealing with it. Number one, we have something called aliases. So a lot of times people uh, will look at a bottle of a beer and type the entire name of on there. That is obviously not the name of the beer. Uh, a very common example is in the U.S. we have uh, Dogfish Head 60 Minute, uh, which is a good, a really good IPA uh, from a brewer in Delaware. Uh, mm-hmm. And on the bottle it says, uh, Dogfish Head 60 Minute, the continually hopped India Pale Ale. Obviously, the entire name of the beer is not that. It's just 60 Minute IPA. But at the same time, a lot of people will just type the entire thing and it gets no results because once you go past the search uh, of the number of characters that exist in the beer, you're not going to find anything. We do a well card search on that. So basically, we say DOG and we search on DIM and we sort them by popularity and how many check ins that have actually occurred for that. So we found that that's the most common way to actually. Uh, return results to users so that they find the beer they're looking for. Um, if you start typing too many words of a beer, it won't show up, which is a common problem that we see a lot. So that's why we have the aliases where we can add alternate names for beers. The, the problem with that is that it comes with a, a cost because uh, there'll be a special release of a beer that has um, a special hop, and you search for that hop name and you get beers that, that don't even match what you've searched because that alias is coming up and returning the results for you. So it's kind of like a, a catch-22. We use it for faster results. Doesn't have a net where you search for that one word is in the alias, and then it's assigned to a high-rated, high-check-in beer, and now it comes up, and you don't know why it actually appears. So we're working a lot to kind of redefine our search patterns to see if we can improve upon that. But the real reason for uh, 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 what happens is the aliases. And the second thing is we use wildcard searches that split on a space. So you type in dog space 60, you're going to get all matches with dog and all matches with 60 in the name together and your results sorted by a highest check-in. What we always recommend users to do is to search by brewery name and you'll always get the results you look for if you search for that. If you just beer name, you're probably not going to get the results, especially the common name that's used on, on across all avenues. Uh, that's really what it, where we see most of the issues when it comes to that as well. So if you search by the brewery name and the beer name, you're going to get your result uh, immediately and pretty fast. But if you search by just the beer name and it's common, you might get some issues with that in terms of results. So as an as an aside to that, that we have uh, we have a collaboration beer in there at the moment called Bruce. Um, can you hack it for us and people can just find Bruce instantly? <laughs> <laughs> no other beers can. Just make that no matter what anyone types in, they get Bruce. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> we had we had an idea for a uh, April Fool's joke to, to to hack all the search results and return one beer or two beers, anything that anyone searched, and see what people would say about it. But uh, my inbox is probably <laughs> PBR. go crazy at that point. Uh, but no, I mean, I, honestly, it, it's really tough when it comes to beers that are similarly named. Uh, a lot of people say, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you use our location and then uh, return the results based on where uh, the user is located and make the uh, search results um, match where the brewery is located." So, for example, if you're in London and you search for Colonel, you're not going to get any beers in the United States first that uh, Colonel. That idea would work, per se, um, and we have tried 
businesses. Uh, but ultimately, uh, you know, the, the sorting by the most popular has turned out to be the most successful thing we've done for search. Uh, but it doesn't. But for smaller uh, distro beers and things that are not available all, all over the place, um, uh, you know, the, the, uh, um, the that's really what it comes down to is trying to get themselves fast to the user and most likely what they are choose. When it's a small distro beer, it kind of gets really hard to kind of return that result, especially with a common name like that. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, yeah. I'm guessing we should let you actually go to work, but because it is like seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we're getting. Yeah, it's actually uh, close to eight thirty, actually. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate all the the, the time here and, and and talk with you guys. I think, you know, it, it's really cool for me to see someone all across the world that use the application. You, you guys are. Across the other side of the world, and we're talking now about what has blown my mind in all, all avenues. So I appreciate the support and the the opportunity to kind of talk about it for sure. Look, uh, we love Untapped, and um, the comments on Untapped fuel the other half of our episodes every week. So awesome. you know we can't thank it enough, and we can't thank you enough for actually you know appearing on, on our stupid little show. Hey, it's not stupid if it talks about Untapped. So that's, that's, that's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, thanks, for time, thanks very much, man. See ya. And we are back and following on from chatting with Greg, which was awesome to have Greg on. Um, we're onto a beer, and we've been sipping this while we're talking. Although I didn't want to bring this up while we're talking with Greg, but we are drinking. Well, we're drinking a beer that I actually brought back from Portland. In um, I was going to say Portland in Victoria, Australia, but that would be a blatant lie. It's Portland in Oregon, and it's from Gigantic Brewing Company, and it is a gin barrel aged beer, and it's India Pale Ale called the Pipe Wrench. In fact, it's a double India Pale Ale according to Untapped. Ah. Well, it doesn't say it on the front, but I'm more inclined to believe untapped. Well, it's 8% ABV, so I think, yeah. you know, by most definitions, that would probably end up yes. being a, a double IPA. And Greg wouldn't lie to us. Exactly. Of course, he personally adds every beer into untapped himself. Exactly. Clearly. Everyone knows that. Um, and and this is also good because it has a quote on it that's, uh, from Bukowski that says, What matters most is how well you walk through the fire. Good work, Charles Bukowski. Yeah. So, so, had you guys had Gigantic before? We were talking about this before the episode started, actually. Yeah, yeah. we managed to have not ever had any of their beers beforehand, despite having, having both been to Portland, Oregon, and drunk mm, much mm. beer while we were there. That's right. Having had had we've many, been to, both been to the states quite a lot, and right. yeah, hadn't. And then we we're like, oh, well, this must be. And then you said, oh, it's like a new beer. Mm-hmm. We're all getting very excited. And then we looked in a <laughs> another <laughs> advantage of Untapped. It's like, oh, friends, seven ratings, and. You know, we've got some people who are friends that we don't even know. Then we've got, you know, someone who frequently checks in beers there. Oh, Salty. He checked it in in August 2015. We've got a, a good old friend, uh, Chris from Wellington, who we will get in the December 2014. That was probably uh, just after we told him we'd get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah um, re- we've done really well there. And then uh, good old Gareth. August 25th, 2014. So, yeah. yeah. yeah Somehow we've just, we've missed the beer, we've missed the brewery, yep. we've just, yeah. 
Well, I, think, I mean, it's like we were saying. I mean, you know, so you've been to Portland. We both we were to Portland together. I went to mm. Portland once before that. But, you know, there are, I don't know, 200 microbreweries. Mm. I think it's, mm. it's either near the city of Portland or in the state of Oregon. And so yeah. that just means you're, the you're chance of you randomly drinking <laughs> yeah. beer by a particular brewery is actually not that it's, high anyway. Yeah, unless, you are, unless you know about it and you specifically go out to have it, in which yeah. case it's very easy mm. to do that. But if you're not specifically going to have it, it's very easy to not have it. That's that's deep. I see, I see that logic. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there is no spoon sort of level. Exactly, of logic. exactly. Yeah. There is no there is no gigantic brewing company apparently. No, <laughs> except there is. Except now. there is. So I mean, we've all sipped a lot. What are our first thoughts? It's a taste like, like a double IPA. Yeah. Can you taste a gin bar or the agent? Well, you can taste gin undertones. There's something. There's something. I think if you, if you, if I didn't know it was a gin barrel aged beer, mm-hmm. I probably You'd wouldn't be. have guessed it was gin. I guess there was there something. There was something, there. yeah. Yeah, I, I guess there's something in this <laughs> that isn't just like you know, Reinhardt's Gabot sort of uh, approved. But I don't, I wouldn't know what it was. All right, um, I agree. What are other people saying about it? Um, we've got Sean F at the Telegraph Tap House, which is in. A B, Alberta. Oh, good old Alberta. Um, he gave it three point seven five. Said it was silky smooth, fruity, with complex botanicals from the gin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and we've got Graham E at Gigantic Brewing Company. Um, July this year. The brewery's cool. It's really simple, but it's cool. All caps. I like it. Four point five. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah, fair play. That's, that's fair yeah. play. That's positive. Sorry, my phone is just not really uh, playing ball here. Sorry. A lot of people haven't commented, but I guess that's because there's been ten thousand check-ins. So I'm guessing a lot of people have had it many times. It's understandable. Uh, some person wrote something in French, which I won't try to read because that'll yes, anger everyone. We we. Oh, this is interesting. So beer life. Uh, July 22nd this year. Is it life spelled L-Y-F-E or L-Y-F-E? Yes, yeah, L-Y-F-E. Hashtag yeah. beer life. Hashtag beer life. Oh, uh, okay. It's a bit extreme. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure if this had sat around a long time. Very, very boozy. Couldn't get any other notes and almost sour on the finish. Two out of five. So. Oh. Now, I reckon that's a dodgy bottle. That's what that sounds like to me. Yeah. There's Alan F at Jerrop, which is categorized as a field in... Naughty land? Does that mean, I don't know, Norway maybe? You've been to Norway recently? Yeah, I was in Norway recently. Uh, could be Norwegian. Yeah, that looks like it could well be Norwegian. I yep. mean, you know, his, let's, uh, let's go with that. his comment has lots of like... Right. Ooze in it. IPA, Lagrat, uh, gin, gin Fad. I only looked at it because I noticed it says Lekker Combo. And as I found out, as my wife was sitting on the chair there, it's not a word I made up. <laughs> Lekka is South African for good. Oh. So Lekka combo means, I guess, the good, gin and the IVA. Good combination. Good combo. I've been to a Cafe Lekka before. I, mean, I didn't know. Maybe it was just Cafe Good. Yeah. Maybe. Good Cafe. Yeah. 4.25. Mm. Likes it. Uh, Philip R. at Nagayo. Philippa. Yeah. Philippa. Good old bottle, but still great. <laughs> Effective age. <laughs> Beer gaps, but tasting age effective age boa gaps, but tasting coconut four point seven five. So I don't understand what that means. <laughs> coconut <but> liked it. <laughs> All right, what do we think about this? I really like it. Uh, I think it's very solid. Four out of five. Uh, same. It's a really good double IPA. We'd drink it many times again. Not um, too many times at eight percent though. 
Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's a four. It's it's just what it should be. And so remember the last beer, how um, it was one that you know I had brought back from um, uh, abroad. Well, this is one that Jeff brought back from abroad. Yes, that's right. So this is uh, this is from Cloudwater Brewing. They are based in Manchester, England, old old England, as we were just talking about during the break. Um, not New England. Not New England. Definitely not New England. So, yes, I was there recently for Manchester Beer Week. So, just, so I got told that, um, I think, yeah, I got told we don't get these beers back here. And so I thought I'd bring a few back and this one that I, that I brought back with me. So it is a, it's called the the Equinot IPA. So Equinot is the hop. Experimental mm-hmm. hop. Some experimental hop. It's called Spring and Summer. So I think it's meant to be like a summery sort of style IPA. Uh, the wording is very brief. Fermented with WLP001 for a clean yeast profile. Equinot takes the lead, backed up by Simcoe. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm guessing WLP001, that must be the kind of yeast. That's an experimental yeast, I experimental presume. Experimental yeast. Yeah. Hmm. But what makes uh, what makes such an, ex- an experimental yeast versus just a... Well, I guess, yeast? I guess they haven't given it a name yet because they're still uh, experimenting with it. It's, yeah. So it's like a bad sci-fi. Maybe, yeah. maybe. The experiments never have names. <laughs> I guess it'd be slightly uh, farmhouse things, isn't it? I wonder yeah. if a lot of these cases you could sort of... And I suppose some brewers are doing this where they're actually getting the farmhouse stuff, but mm. all it would require would be to get the yeasts and yeah. say, okay, well, this is it now. Right, we can now reproduce this yep. and sell it and you can have your yeah. farmhouse out without needing a farmhouse. Yeah, well, I mean... <laughs> it's I, I, completely doable. Yeah, I mean, well, the experimental process is really more just about, like, you know, look, we've created this funky yeast strain. Let's check mm. if it actually creates something useful and delicious. And if it does, then they presumably... They, that's exactly what they do. They turn commercial... Start creating commercial quantities yeah. and, and off they go. Mm. I wonder how the Brett thing, like, started with people using that in beers. I wonder if it was somebody was aging a beer mm. in a wine barrel that was infected. Yeah, Obviously, probably. if you do wine in a barrel that's infected mm. with Brett throw it away but um, I wonder if they're like oh it's okay not, not what we're expecting but this is actually not bad um, if any of our listeners don't want anything about beer could they get in touch just let us know how that worked it'd be nice yeah. to have someone who knows about beer yeah I, I feel like that would be a step in the right direction for us mm. you know it'd, um, be, it'd be novel it'd be new yeah. it'd be different be a bit weird though so alright uh, oh. obviously this is this is some um, Cloudwater is kind of a lauded brewery. It's sort of one that, you know, people seem to know about from afar. Um, yeah, I had at least two or three people tell me that I should bring cloud beers from Cloudwater back with me when I when I came back this time. So, so and you know uh, when when you fly uh, when you uh, when you fly with beer, you really have to make the choice as to what's going to be the cream of the crop to bring back. Well, because, that's right because that's what you're also going to risk breaking. Or That's TSA it. TSA breaking. Yeah, but well, I didn't have to do with TSA because mm. I was coming back from Old England, not New England. Good point. TSA have no authority in in Old England. You have no power here. <laughs> the can, I suppose, is more robust as well. It's not going to shatter. It mm. is, but it, it's there's there is, so punct- is this puncturing risk. So yeah. what I did was actually I had a I had I had also bought I had bought a bottle of whiskey on the way over, and it came one of those um, uh, those yep. canisters. So I put the cans uh, inside. Yes, exactly. Very good. I like this uh, thinking. Yeah, it was genius. Though the big question is, did that you think of it when that you had emptied air, when you brought the whiskey over, or did you think about it when you accidentally saw the whiskey uh, barrel still sitting on the table? 
Uh, no, it was more more the more the former rather okay. than latter. So yeah, it was it was after, it was it, I did not think about it when I bought the whiskey. <laughs> I thought about it like after the whiskey had been removed, but before I threw the canister out. Ah, yeah. okay. Now I see this. Yeah. So all right, this is ex- experiment number um, forty nine, weapon X. What is it being said? Well, what are people saying? What about? is it being said? What is it being said? It's a long day. It's okay. Day. It's ten forty six at night. Um. We're saying Sam N at Shep Shed, July 17. That's the one. This is how I like my cloud water. Big, juicy, fruity, and well balanced. 4.5 out of 5. We've got um, oh, oh, <laughs> Sam N at Shep Shed. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, there's a lot of comments before that, but they're all quite. Um, yeah, they, I mean, yeah, they're really they're... solid beer. Joseph G, 4.25. You See, know, also agree with that. See, I would have loved if you guys had set it up so that you were each saying the same M quote over and over again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Andrew H at Brewdog Soho, three and a half stars. Equinotti. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Paul H, July 8, uh, unknown location. Wow, just amazing. Possibly my favourite cloud water yet. Five out of five. Them's hmm. fighting words. Yeah. This is also my first cloud water. It's my favourite so far. Mine too. I, I, I was yeah, discussing this with somebody last week that I had a, really thought that I'd had Cloudwater beers before. Well, it makes you wonder, you know, listen, all these questions for, for untapped that we now think of. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you, you do a check-in, but then mm. if, the bad, if the beer you, for example, Jeff just checked in the Gigantic before, mm. but instead of checking in the pipe wrench, someone had added in the Old Tom... Barrel, yeah, yeah, barrel age, that's right. which is not the beer. So I know a brewer has two options. They can either merge the check-ins mm-hmm. or they can just say that's delete not a real it. beer and delete it. Yeah. So I am sure I've had a cloud water beer before, but then I checked on Untapped and said I haven't had one. Hmm. So I'm guessing that's what happened. That is another one of those frustrating things, but I guess, mm-hmm. you know, if the brewer... I'm, I, I'm hoping it. there's nothing I'm, you can really do. I'm hoping the cloud border. I was, I was hoping that was going to end if the cloud border was merged with PBR or something. <laughs> no, it's like where do I have six check-ins to PBR? <laughs> that's what you should, that's what brewers should do actually. If some, people start making mm. bullshit dodgy versions of like you know second versions of beers that don't really exist, just like yeah, we'll just just merge that with PBR. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. I think I think that's a good way of doing it. And there's Patrick K at Needle and Pin, which I believe is the same place where. Yes. The other guy, you read yep. out, tried it. Absolutely gorgeous. My head is starting to fuzz, though. <laughs> 4.25. Well, it is very fuzzy beer. It is. Quality it might be from old England, but it's decidedly a new England. That's right. Uh, Yelma D, 1st July. Juicy, dank, tropical. Four out of five. All right, give me one more. Yeah, I was just saw the same one. God, and that one's not in English. I'm not doing another one of those. That's <laughs> also not in English. I'm not doing one of those. Yeah, uh, tong, 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 tonky tea. Oh, that's the one that I found. Yes. Good, good <laughs> yeah. choice, I think. Three point seven five. Location unknown. Memory fades as bruise haze. All right, then what do we think about this? Is, <laughs> no, I do, do like the one below it. Chef, the new style at the Free Trade Inn. You got four point five. Said unicorn piss on a sunny Sunday. So mm. I guess unicorn piss is good. I guess so. It must be. I mean, it's unicorn. It, it must be. Right? Knock it. It's a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's our verdict, people? I mean, does it live up to the hype? Is it is it as good as everyone who told us we should drink it? Drink it. I um, really like it. I yeah, I'm. I gave it a four when I first drank it, but I'm actually liking it more. 
the more I drink it, I think that hop is weird. Mm. But as your as your palate gets used to it, I'm actually considering upping it to a four point two five. Yeah, well, I mean that was my first reaction was four point two five for this one. I reckon. Like, yeah, it's it's it's. I do like it more than the previous beer ever so slightly, and you know. I, it's one of the reasons why I brought it back. It's like, yeah, because I obviously mm, had mm. quite a few of them here as well as there. Um, this is, really? I know. No. Like, shocking, right? Um, unfortunately, I couldn't get the one that looked like mango juice in a can. Otherwise, I would have brought that back. But, um, but yeah, this was really nice. Are you though. sure it wasn't just mango juice? Because the first beer for the day definitely wasn't mango juice. <laughs> but, you know, whatever it is that that guy said, mm. you know, fades is... Yeah, that's right. So the later beers could easily have been mango juice. But yeah, four point two five. I'm upping it right now. Okay. I'm I'm going for four. I I, sure. I like it. It's it's awesome. Is it four point two five? Maybe it is, but I'm still going for four. As you no, wish. I mean I think it is because <laughs> two of us said it is. That's right. <laughs> so you're just wrong. It's fine. Yeah. So we have been the Brunswick Beer Collective, and this episode has been well at least half of it devoted to the awesomeness of Untapped. Um, well, all of it, really, because the yeah. second half is also devoted to the awesomeness of Untapped, really. Yeah, the second um, half, I mean, un- if it wasn't for Untapped, we wouldn't have content for about 40% of our entire podcast. That's a good point. Um, and the rest of it is just filled up with, you know, us being drunkards. So we'd like to thank Greg from Untapped for coming onto the show because that was huge for us. Um, and... We've been the Brunswick Beer Collective. I've been Chris Shorten, with has been Jeffrey G. Night. And Paul Christoph. See you next time. And thank you again.